I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It's Sci-Fi November. Oh, we are going to get you in the mood for some sci-fi, baby. Today's episode is going to focus on our love for sci-fi, of course, by the way, and some of our favorite traditions that we have during the month of November. Now, you're thinking, well, I'm Brian, I'm not a sci-fi fan. Well, then go away. No, I'm totally kidding. All right, now, don't leave. Don't leave. We will definitely have some great stuff for you that is non-sci-fi. Trust me, man. I'm a talk show host. Let me tell you something. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say... It's rocket. I'm the real Brian. And I'm his burly sidekick, Captain Influence. <laughs> burly. <laughs> yes. I like that. I'm burly. Yeah. yeah, you are like manly and, and burly and, you know, intense. You don't yeah. want to mess with you kind of thing. Influential. Yeah. Influential. So this just reminded me of something. Now, I know burly really doesn't have anything to do with this, but it's one of those you know, awesome descriptions. You know when people say, oh, that person's fat. And it's like, oh, hold on. That's kind of offensive. You shouldn't say that. Well, yeah. I was thinking about this because there there should be some better terms. So instead of saying that person's fat or does this make me look fat? Does this shirt make me look homeless? Whatever. Uh, the question you need to be more asking is what's a better term? You think that'd be kind of a fun little uh, discussion we should go into? Like, yeah, let's beefy try or thick. Corpulent. Corpulent. Yeah. Uh, what else? What Let's else? Let's bring back the intellectual past. <laughs> back when people actually had vocabularies and wrote eloquently, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I like those days. That's true. Scintillating. You know, stuff like that. We've said that last week. Sure. I really like that. So we could come up with the word of the week, whatever that may be. Oh, effervescent. Oh, yes. Well, it's The Real Brian Show, and we are the voice of the nerdy eclectic. But I want to put this to a vote here because I think it's only fair to ask, which do you like better? The term nerdy eclectic or renaissance nerd? You Which know, do you more identify with too? That's the other question. Hard to say. I think renaissance nerd is more, it feels like it's more in vogue as a term, but nerdy eclectic sounds more unique. Y- yeah, so. I could go with that. I love them both. That's, I mean, they both mean the same thing. Yes. It's just I mean, a no, matter of. Sort of. Yeah, I guess they do. You could say that renaissance nerd. So the noun is nerd, right? That means I am a nerd who is also a renaissance person. That's essentially what that term means. It's a very cool sounding term. It's also very overused. That's part of the problem. Renaissance. Renaissance. (laughs) Yes, fantastic. So nerdy eclectic, on the other hand, denotes that eclectic is the noun, meaning you're an eclectic. Of course I'm an eclectic. I'm an eclectic person. Absolutely. the adjective. Yeah. Which one do you more identify with? Even though you are correct that renaissance nerd is more in vogue, it's a very cool sounding term. And I will use it one way or the other. As we are, you know, growing this thing called The Real Brian Show, I do intend to use either Renaissance Nerd or Nerdy Eclectic as an overarching term. Mm-hmm. So it's a more of a matter of, you know, what do you more identify with? Get people in the voting mood. That's right. To a vote. It's November. Get in the voting mood, people. Hurry up. Come on. I mean, seriously, send this information in over Facebook. You can email me, trb at realbryanshow.com. If you cannot remember that, just go to realbryanshow.com. You have to be able to 
<laughs> That's got to be easy. To I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. So, like I said, we're we're talking. This is just sci-fi November. So, even though November in the states is the month for Thanksgiving, which I'm also a huge fan of, and I really do have a problem with our culture skipping over Thanksgiving entirely and going from Halloween to Christmas. I do have a problem with that. Maybe we'll actually have an episode on Black Friday and then we can talk about Thanksgiving and Fantastic Beasts, the review, and we could talk about, you know, all that good stuff. Because we're too cool to be shopping on Black Friday, folks. Dude, we'll be shopping way before Black Friday because we'll get the (laughs) early deals. (laughs) For those of you out of the States, you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, you know, the States Thanksgiving anyway, obviously. So we got to have something that's a little more universal, which for me is a big deal. Sci-Fi November. I explained this last year. I'll explain it again. How did Sci-Fi November start? You know how they did like the re-remakes of Star Wars and they put the special editions and everything and they played them in the theater? I don't yes. even remember when that I, was. I remember it very well, actually. And it maybe it was the fall. It was the end of October and early November. Okay, then yeah. That's what started it. And then also Starship Troopers was released in November and uh, I'm not sure if Fifth Element was or if I just watched it in November but it turned and then Dune all of these movies I would watch in November for whatever reason and they were all sci-fi and then all the games that we would play happened to be sci-fi so like basically the first time that I ever played Halo was in November and then when we ironically came back to finish the game it was the next November and then a (laughs) friend of mine his bachelor party was in the middle of November and we watched Chronicles of Riddick and played Halo two and three or whatever the heck it was. And I was just like, that was a fun time. Yeah. Like what the heck is going on here? And so all of these, for whatever reason, sci-fi things just happened in November. And so it became sci-fi November. You started sci-fi November, dude. Of course I did, man. You heard it here. (laughs) Heard it here first. Again, if you're not a sci-fi fan, which I know there are a few here that are not sci-fi fans, don't worry because there really are some things here that are just, (laughs) yeah, that's lame. Though there's some really fun things we're going to talk about that don't necessarily involve sci-fi or if they are part of sci-fi, they at least have some fun relevance. And starting with that is our sci-fi drinks. And I want to credit you, Captain Influence, for coming up with this idea. Tell us about it. Ooh. So in the show notes last week, I saw that, you know, we were talking about sci-fi November and I thought, oh, since we always do a what we're drinking and I'm always drinking Folgers, maybe we should come <laughs> up with a sci-fi themed beverage that we can drink on the show. Yes. What I'm drinking today is a spiced cider punch, which mm. is known as Kerblamok. Okay. Uh, this is something that the Cardassians in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they drank during the Festival of Kerbla to celebrate their ancestors' first prosthetic ridges. Really? I, I Actually, I just made that up completely for a <laughs> second. I don't remember. Um, I'm like, really? I don't remember this. It's an iced beverage, but you know. So did they drink any kind of Kerblamok, or did you literally just make that name up too? I made that up completely. Oh, dude, that's so yeah. awesome, though. That actually sounds more it's, Klingon. It does, but here's another part of made-up Star Trek trivia for you, that the Cardassians are actually related to the Klingons in the same way that the Vulcans are related to the Romulans. And so the Cardassian festival to celebrate the prosthetic ridges is Kerblama, or, or Kerbla, but the Klingons' version of that is Kerpla. So you have the Cardassians' Kerbla and the Klingons' Kerpla. And you, yeah, they do sound similar. Are you seriously just making this up? 100%. <laughs> complete bs <laughs> i love it oh that's great because the whole thing is that klingons are real man so you know you really don't want to offend them Cardassians are real too i know i know so you know making up their history oh, wait no i'm thinking of kardashians oh, oh. Yeah, yeah 
Okay. Yeah, they would drink spiced cider punch, I'm sure. Gotcha. Let's, Was it a good spiced cider punch? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. good. So wait, what what makes up the punch part of it? So you've got spice so cider, then what? It's apple cider, allspice, cinnamon, sugar, and ginger ale. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds really good. It is pretty good. It's a little mm. too sweet, but it's it's a punch. So you know, take take the sugar. It'd be better out. if it was. It'd be better if it was spiked. But I didn't want to get drunk on the show. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I have a drink here that is also real, but is all it is a real fictional drink, and that is a Klingon coffee, and it's called Raktachino, which by the yes, it was actually consumed in Star Trek, especially Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Ah, uh, yes. Ironically, not by as many Klingons. There were Klingons that did drink it, but most of the non-Klingon crew of Deep Space Nine would get them all the time. See, that's the thing. You know, nobody ever talks about what a Rocktachino is. They would just order one and it looked really good. It looked like this great coffee. Of course, you know, when you came up with this idea, I thought, well, a Rocktachino is what I have to do. I mean, that's that's a sci-fi drink for me. I love my coffee. I got to figure this out. So I went online and I looked around for recipes and most of them, no offense, people pretty dang lame you know i mean they're using folgers <laughs> come on man folgers, klingons oh, don't drink folgers. no come on klingons no. are gonna have folgers oh. on their on their oh. bird of prey it's offensive they're man. not gonna have they're not gonna have some fancy coffee on a bird of prey they're well, gonna have folgers in the cabinet yeah i guess but uh so a lot of these recipes had like powdered instant coffee and powdered milk i was like powdered milk what then then one of them have like crystals like Folgers yeah, crystals it had crystals in it it's it, it was just instant coffee crystals so you know it could have been wow. maxwell house for all i know but i, I okay so house that was makes instant crystals that too? was offensive to me so i said no I, okay first of all i'm not doing powdered milk i'm doing real cream half and half at least and then mm-hmm. i'm gonna do real coffee so i took a couple of different recipes and then i made it my own so here's what i did i haven't had any yet I, it's sitting right here and this took a little bit of time because uh it's a little bit more complicated I personally do not have a way to make espresso. So I didn't want to just do a drip coffee. So what I did is I went and I got four shots of espresso. What I did though is I took the espresso and the cream and I put it in our little frother, which also heats up. I took a cinnamon stick. I broke it up and then I, I took a mortar and pestle, by the way, put cinnamon stick in there, wow. cloves, whole cloves. And then I did uh, three cardamom pods and I like ground the crap out of that stuff, which is really hard, by the way, to do and threw it all in the in the coffee with the cream. I put in allspice, nutmeg and coriander seeds. So, oh, wow. which gives it, you know, just a lot of different flavors. And then I let it sit in there and I, I would heat it up and I'd froth it and I'd let it sit and, you know, soak and absorb all the flavors and then do it again and do it again. Took it. Then I strained it out so that I made sure it had none of the, you know, spices and pieces in there. And then I poured it over pure unsweetened cocoa stir it all up and then you put a pinch of paprika on top and you're supposed to put cayenne but i didn't have any so i put some chili powder on top you have two options you can take the tears of your defeated foe or the blood of your slain enemy defeated foe meaning that they're still alive and they're crying yeah and you take those tears and throw them in if i were in town brian i would let you subjugate me and i would cry for you that would be awesome a lot of the recipes in fact i think every recipe had sugar which to me klingons would not drink sugar Ah. I went for no sugar whatsoever. And as I'm drinking it right now, there's a lot of flavor and it is, it's pretty robust, man. There's, there's no sweetness to it. That is good. I'm liking it. You like it? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a warrior's drink. But overall, you, you think it's a success. Heck yeah, man. You're going to start growing ridges along your forehead tonight. Dang right, man. Rock the Chino. So you've got the rock the Chino. I've got the Kerblamock. 
we have succeeded with some sci-fi drinks. Mm. Yep. All right. Speaking of some fall stuff that I really, can I just say, dude, the great harvest bread, Guinness and Gouda bread. That sounds so good. Last, oh last gosh. year when you brought it up, man. Yeah. I had to get ship some again. I, you know, I wonder if they could ship it because I don't know how I could ship it in a way that would stay fresh. I, it makes me want to go out and buy a bread maker and get a recipe and just make it. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge loaf. You got to understand it's around, but it's massive and it's very dense and heavy. And they mm-hmm. soak all the, you know, before they actually make it, it's soaked in Guinness. But then the chunks of Gouda, I mean, it's literally like they're taking these huge wheels of Gouda and just chopping up like, you know, two inch chunks and <laughs> baking it in the bread. <laughs> oh, it's just absolutely amazing. Glorious beyond. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> I ate it all. And now you're and now you too are corpulent, Brian. <laughs> no, burly. Actually, no. I'm I'm a beanpole man. I'm a six four tree right now. Not after eating a whole thing again. Well, I, I shared some of it with my dad, so you know I'm good. Oh. I only had half of it. You shared it? I, of course I did, and it took a week to eat. <laughs> I didn't eat it all in one day. Yeah, I can't. You know, I can't eat a whole Whatever. one. Honestly, by the time I get through with like, okay, I can't take anymore. I have to put it in the freezer, and it just doesn't taste the same after that. So it's actually <laughs> better to get it and share it with someone, and then do of it course. again. Yeah, they're going to have another loaf. I think on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and that's it. And then it's done again until March. So mm, time to reserve one. Dang it. I'm looking that up right now. I know, man, you got to do it. Here's some non sci-fi fun stuff just to throw out really quick. We love going to Colorado state sports actually went to a couple of CSU volleyball games. Oh my gosh. Was volleyball exciting. I never knew how exciting that was to watch. Mm -hmm. They're doing really well this year. They're number one now in the mountain West. Just so much fun to watch, man. I'm absolutely blown away how fun it is. Yeah, I'm from Nebraska, and Nebraska typically has a really good women's volleyball team. I've been to at least one of the games, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's way more fun than you would expect. Yeah. So, And then, uh, you know, obviously basketball is my sport. Women's basketball started last night, and men's starts tomorrow night. So it's basketball season, baby. Rock that's, on. That's my fun. See, there's my, you know, more eclectic side of things. And remember how I said last week, too, we were going to be talking about the DC TV show Irony? Yes, I remember. I will get into that here in just a few minutes, but what I want to do first of all, cause this is fun. We're talking about fun drinks. I mean, obviously going to uh, basketball and now volleyball, that's kind of some fun fall stuff that Sarah and I've been doing, but I want to know sci-fi wise, what's some of your favorite sci-fi movies, TV shows. I mean, shoot even music. <laughs> there's, there's actually music. <laughs> oh, I ta- sure. I take this way too far. It's awesome. The Chronicles of Riddick. And only the Chronicles of Riddick. The other Riddick movies are just, I, I, they just don't, they're just nothing. Did you me. see uh, the third one? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, I haven't and seen I, it. And I thought it was, I thought it was more along the level of Pitch Black, the first okay. one. And, but the, the second one, Chronicles of Riddick, that blew me away. Oh, and I've seen phenomenal. it like 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just so much better than I ever expected it to be. Blade Runner, that's a really good fall sci fi movie for me. Spaceballs, mm-hmm. that's a fun fall sci fi <laughs> movie for me. Yeah. 2001. Uh, oh, yeah. Kubrick's 2001 and then 2010. Uh, those are both really good sci-fi movies. And then I had to pick Passengers, oh, uh, which I've seen one. twice now. Why do I pick Passengers? I, and I guess it's just because there's something I can't quite put my finger on about being stuck in a cool spaceship for decades with Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I, well, really good movie. So I loved that movie. I mean, you you guys have heard my my thoughts on that. 
And it's funny because, you know, we saw it at the end of December. Or you beginning and Fred of January. went on a mandate. It was a mandate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beginning of January. But I'll tell you what, dude, that that movie deserves to be watched in November. Yeah, it, it just fantastic. feels right. Oh, nice, man. Well, I'll tell you one show that I just absolutely loved was Dark Matter. You weren't a fan of that, right? I did not like it at all. Yeah. I watched the first two episodes and I was like, what? I did like The Expanse, however. And that is I'm going to be watching this year, finally. Yeah, I hope so, because the books are really, really good. And the TV and the and the show is just about as good as the books. So, good. I mean, they did a really good job with it. Yeah, that's on my list to watch. Well, actually start watching now, right? Shoot, it's the second already. So, do yeah, it. start do watching it. that. Yeah, do it. And Killjoys, I could not get into when I first watched it. I will say that I did not watch Killjoys in November. So sometimes I just have to watch certain sci-fi shows in November and it's just a different experience. It was the same thing for dark matter though. I watched dark matter season one in November and it was the most amazing thing ever. And then I came back to watch season two, I think in July and I couldn't get into it. So I said, Oh, I'll save it till November. And then I got into it again. So there's something, you know, the stupid, whatever it is about sci-fi November, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's the, it's all in your it's head, but feels, hey, I'm jealous. Baby. It's the feels. I'm, yeah. I'm jealous. I wish I could have gotten into dark matter. But what about Altered Carbon? I haven't watched that yet. And the only reason I haven't watched is because I was looking at some of the uh, content in there as far as you oh, know, yeah. just reading it on IMDb. And I was like, I don't okay. know, man. I, I mean, because it makes me mad, too, because I know how amazing that story is. And I really want to watch it. But content wise, I'm like, nah, I don't know if it's worth it because it looks like an amazing sci fi. But movie wise, dude, definitely Starship Troopers. Definitely. I mean, I got to throw that one in there. That's just one of my favorites. Sure. Fifth Element. Yep. I mean, come on. Fifth uh, Element's a classic. You mentioned... The only movie I've seen 11 times in a movie theater. <sighs> so good. Mm. 11 times. Got my brothers addicted when they were young. My my uh, youngest brother's still addicted to the Fifth Element. Mm. Yeah. More than I am. Yeah, she knows it's a multi-pass. Anyway, we're in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, of course, I'll be watching. I used to watch the original you know, four five and six star Wars movies this time of year too. I may watch those. I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe Dune. I, you know, I'm not sure. It, it all depends on what I can fit in. You know, starship troopers and fifth element and Chronicles of Riddick have to get in there. And like I said, I really am excited about at least starting the expanse this year. And if not Killjoys as well, but you know, there's only so much time. So we'll, we'll see what's Killjoys about. I, I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I believe that they are bounty hunters and it's definitely in the future and they run around and they, Hunt bounties. <laughs> That's as much as I know. <laughs> Hunt bounties. Got All it. I know is it's future. It's on a ship and they're bounty hunters. Cool. And I've heard right. really, really good things about it. I here's the thing, though. The reason I don't think I got into it the first time is because I had been watching Dark Matter, which I really, really liked. I was into it. And this is me now discovering something about myself that I, you know, I used to watch four or five shows all at the same time because we were podcasting about them. I had to. And I realized I was starting to enjoy them less and less because I was spreading my enjoyment around, if that makes sense, too much. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I decided, let's just focus on one show at a time. And that's what I did with Dark Matter. And I just immersed myself into the story. And it was so good because of that. Okay. With Killjoys, I was watching five shows at the same time. So that's oh, probably okay. why I didn't enjoy it very much. And then also, to me, it was a little too stylized kind of like you're trying too hard, you know, the slow motion. Let's make this person look so sexy as they're kicking that person's butt. It's just <laughs> like, dude, come on. <laughs> come on. It's sci-fi. That's the, that was my biggest complaint with Stargate universe 
was that, you know, Stargate SG one, they were themselves Stargate Atlantis. They had their own identity. They were themselves. It was so good. Stargate universe, beautiful story. They tried to be too sexy. They tried to be too like, let's, let's bring these hot actors and actresses in and let's just make it like really risque and just so, uh, and I'm like, you have a great story. Don't kill they, it. And they killed it. They did throw in the token early nerd into SGU. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Eli. But I was so down when SGU ended with no prospect of picking it up again. I was like, oh man, I agree. It was a great Only show. Only two seasons. Well, but that was their problem. They, they had a great story. It was a great idea. They even had good actors. They just really messed up with trying to make it too cool. Yeah. I've got so much Stargate to watch when I feel like I need some Stargate. That it's would, all good. That would be so. a great thing to add to the TV sci-fi TV list. Any of the Stargates. Stargate. And I'm going to throw in for gaming. Halo, man. I'm sorry. Some of those. I. It was amazing. Some of the conversations that were going on in, in Slack I was blown away how many people did not really enjoy the Halo series because I yeah. never really heard that before. I mean, I, you know, that's cool. If you don't like it, it I don't necessarily have any problem with it. It was just surprising to me because I think everybody yeah. I've ever talked to said they just loved Halo. I still love the original Halo. I never played the others, but I played the original one all the way through a couple times and boy, that was a good game. And you got to understand too that I played the original one too, like when it first came out. And so it was the first of its kind. It was, I think, pretty revolutionary. It was one of those things where it was a lot of mystery. You didn't know what was going on. You had no idea who the covenant or the flood were or anything like that. You really just didn't know. And you're going through this game in mystery and it was freaky and it was amazing and it was gripping. Especially when you're running away from the flood. Holy cow. I mean, nowadays they've told so much of the story that it's, you know, okay, cool. It's kind of like, you know, when they do prequels kind of like, oh, okay, that's nice. Now the mystery is gone. Number one is just classic, but to me, Halo 3 and Halo Reach were my two f- uh, other favorites because mm-hmm. I thought they did a really, really good job with one gameplay and two, just some pretty cool story. Four was okay, and I have never played five yet, so that's on my list to play this this month. Maybe maybe we could Twitch it. Speaking of Twitch, dude. Yeah, um, speaking of Twitch. Yeah, let me, let me talk about Twitch real quick because I know I've been talking Please. about it. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is out. Spider-Man, which I know Spider-Man's been out for a couple, like a month or two now. I'll be finally going through spider-man and red red dead 2 as well so here's the deal with twitch man i gotta tell you this is (laughs) i've been nerding out on it obviously because i'm trying to get this working but this has been a very interesting process because the problem with twitch though just like with podcasts if you just say "Ah, i'm just gonna throw something out there and see what happens chances are it's gonna suck so i didn't want to do that I also didn't want to overthink it. I didn't want to make it complicated, but I did want to go in there and I wanted to say, if I'm going to do Twitch, I'm going to do this right. I'm realizing that, you know, you can't just plug and play kind of thing. It's a little bit more complicated than that. I have my PC that I can stream through, which is great. I have free software to Twitch, which is awesome. But then, you know, you think about all of the sound setup. I mean, what you're hearing right now is a professional studio setup and I haven't been able to do anything like that yet with Twitch. And definitely not with the consoles. So I thought, well, how do I make that happen? And of course, everybody out there has got 40,000 different opinions. You know, nobody's agreeing on one thing. You need this game capture card and it's called the Elgato HD 60 S. So I actually called up Elgato tech support. Tell me about this. And I've got a bunch of pretty advanced questions. And the guy spent like 45 minutes with me. It was really cool. 
Um, really, really nice, great company. And he just kept going on and on. He was telling me all about the sound ideas. And he said, well, if you do this, you're going to run into this problem here. And if you do this, you're going to run into this problem. And I'm like, this is complicated. And he goes, yes, because none of them play well together. You know, PS4 doesn't play well Uh, with Xbox and so on. Some people find workarounds. A lot of times they don't. And a lot of times he gets their calls. Why isn't this uh, thing working? Well, because you you tried the workaround and it didn't work. So it was amazing just the amount of time and kind of research that I've had to put into this to figure this whole thing out. And then you go, well, how do these people just, well, that's probably what they did too. They put a lot of time and research into putting their Twitch channel together. And I was looking at like what makes Twitch channels so great. Every one of them sound good. They have great sound. Every one of them have a wonderful, entertaining personality. And some of them look really good. So, oh, you're out. You're I know out. I'm out. But did you finally figure it out? Well, I think I finally figured out all of the components. Have I tested it out? No. That's the next step. I will help with that. Thank you. And then we can finally start twitching stuff. But yeah, it's amazing. I'm finding that it's a lot less about the games and a lot more about the personality and just some of the entertainment that goes on within that channel, which makes perfect sense. They don't tell you that stuff. That's like this goes back to like, hey, how do you make money and grow a podcast? Nobody tells you their secrets, really. I'm finding that a lot of people aren't just gaming anymore. They're getting in and they're just having talk shows. Viewers and your followers come on and they they chat in your chat channel. And so one of the things you're supposed to do is follow the chat, respond to the chat. Of course. I mean, that's duh. Which is hard to do while you're gaming, by the way. Very hard. Yes. I've seen Twitch channels where one person's gaming and there's like two or three other people behind the scenes that are managing the chats and sending over the ones that need to be responded to, to the gamer. Interesting. So it's this kind of big (laughs) production. It's been kind of funny to watch. And some of these guys, I'm not kidding. The top Twitch gamer makes about 420,000 a month. You know, even in the top hundred are making five figures a month easily. It's crazy. Now, even the lower gamers that aren't making that much, but have a decent following are making thousands a month. So it's amazing how this thing has turned into this gigantic explosive thing. But then you've got hundreds of thousands of Twitch gamers who have like three viewers. But for me, I'm looking at it as a companion to the real Brian show. And the fact that a lot of these people are doing sort of a talk show, it's almost like a Q and a talk show. I thought this is kind of fun. I would do this. I would sit behind the camera and just have a good time with people. You were telling me off the air that you were surprised. You were amazed even, and I would be too, at how many of the successful Twitch gamers were just complete dunderheads. Every other word is an F-bomb. Some of them, I kind of go, what the heck? And when they're gaming, you're kind of going, huh? Why do people watch this guy or, you know, this girl or whatever? And then, though, I found some that were like, wow, this is really interesting. And I'm finding myself fascinated at what they're talking about for whatever reason. I'm really looking forward to you finally getting that off the ground. And I just want to have fun with it. I agree. I really want to just watch. I'm not, I don't have a console. I'm not going to get a console. I want to watch you play Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. And just be the peanut gallery. I love it. That's what's up with the whole Twitch thing. That's why it's taken me a while to get off the ground. I didn't want to just throw something together and make it suck. All right, man. So what about this sci-fi music? What about some sci-fi November music for you? Any, any ideas? Anything that you're just like, I listen to this for sci-fi. The Blade Runner soundtrack by Vangelis. Oh, yeah. That's a great sci-fi November soundtrack. Yeah. The Dune soundtrack by Toto. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers soundtrack by Basil Polidorus. 
except for watching the movie. I've never listened to the soundtrack. Mm, it's fantastic. Of course, Basil's phenomenal. He did Hunt for Red October and some other great stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did, did he? He did. He went from submarines to starships. That's submarines <laughs> and starships, Brian. No. Say it right. You know, I have my own starship. Sean. Starship. Starship. Now it's Picard again, is it? <laughs> Look here. Sitting you. here drinking on Ractachino. Ugh. Let me back to the Earl Grey. Now, speaking of Basil Polidorus, his daughter Zoe, she did a couple of songs for Starship Troopers, and one was called uh, Into It. Do you remember I Have Not Been to Oxford Town by David Bowie? I never heard that song. It's not a very famous song. So Zoe, and there's some interesting things. She did a cover of this song. You know, I've not been to Oxford Town, 20th century, whatever the heck he says in there. I don't even know. And she changed it to I've not been to Paradise. And then there's this part in there where she talks about 23rd century to go along with the Starship Troopers. Oh, is that the when yeah. they're at the prom and they're yes. singing All Is Well song? Yes, All yes. Well. Oh, yeah. I love that song. It is. And it's a... I actually like that song. Exactly. So it's based on the I've not been to Oxford Town written by David Bowie. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So it's a really, really fun song. I love her version a lot. I like it better, actually. Okay. Well, there you go. Those are some of the favorite things that we have for sci-fi November. And uh, of course, there's so much more to do. There's so much more sci-fi. And you're thinking, dude, what about this? Love to hear your comments on it. Please let us know. But throw it at us. We teased this last week, and I think it's very important to make sure that we discuss this. I talked a little bit about the DC TV show irony that was bothering me. I mean, you all know this. I was hosting Arrow Squad. It was a very interesting thing because, you know, for the longest time, Arrow was hands down my favorite TV show. To me, it was, again, revolutionary. It was a brand new kind of thing. It was they, they started a whole culture, almost a cult culture, actually. Somewhere along the lines, I started to get really frustrated, not just with Arrow, but all of the DC shows, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, even now Black Lightning, that kind of thing. And I kept going, what is it that frustrates me so much? Because I don't feel this frustration in any of the Marvel TV shows at all. And I kept saying it was agendas, it was agendas. And I still think it is, but I think that there's a central theme here. Essentially comes down to one phrase, victim mentality. There's a lot of complaining in the DC shows that goes on with some of the characters. And here's why I say this, because this goes completely against what a superhero does. A superhero overcomes they overcome adversity disadvantages hurt you name it right narcissists demagogues yeah they overcome all that stuff everything that's why they're superheroes they overcome now superheroes of course will have adversity disadvantages hurt every one of them you look at their origin stories there's a lot of issues that these people had to overcome in order to become a superhero but once you're a superhero For the most part, you're moving forward. You're not, you're leading, you're leading. You're not sitting around and complaining about something. You're doing something about it. And so what blows my mind in the DC shows is how many of the people that are heroes or superheroes. And I recently was watching legends of tomorrow and it was amazing how many of the legends who all have superhero power were just sitting around complaining all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, do something about it. You've got superpowers like, oh, my gosh, stop complaining. And it just drove me absolutely crazy. And they do it on all the shows, by the way. They'll complain about the fact that women don't have the same opportunities as men. There's truth to that. Then go prove it. Go do something about it. Stand up 
and be the woman that overcomes and stand up and be the woman that has equal opportunities as the men do. Don't complain. Stick it to the man. Yeah. Don't complain about it. Don't put other men down because then that's just stooping to the level of the people that are beating you down. Exactly. Go stand up. Be the change. Are you ready to be the hero? That's right. I would think that it would be much more fun for the writers to think of scenarios in which their characters stick it to their uh, adversaries in a way that they could, you know, that they in real life might fantasize about doing mm-hmm. against their, you know, various, their antagonists, you know? Yeah. yeah. That makes much more sense to me. And it sounds like it'd be a lot more fun to write about to me than what you're describing. So that's yeah. really weird. Well, and you look at Gene Roddenberry, and I've shared his story before. He saw the problems in society, he saw the social injustices. And instead of going around and complaining about them, he wrote a show called Star Trek that. This is what it should be. It was an example and an inspiration of people who have overcome. You know, there were no black women that had any leading roles in Hollywood ever. Mm -hmm. So instead of sitting around and complaining about the fact that black women don't have any leading roles in Hollywood, he cast one in a leading role. Do it. Get out there. She was an inspiration to black women after that. Mm -hmm. They didn't complain about it. They just did it. That's what I love is like, and I I hear this all the time. You know, we, we talked about it before when people complain about the environment. What are you doing about it? You know, when people complain about something else, what are you doing about it? And because I mean, life's short, man. Um, you know, my virgin ears, right? <laughs> if you're going to complain, like, I don't want to hear it. I, I want to see what you're doing. And that's the thing. Like when I watch a superhero show of some kind, I'm okay with seeing that origin story of somebody who is getting pushed down, somebody who is complaining, somebody who is dealing with adversity and disadvantage, et cetera. And then watching them overcome it, even with help, even if it's a challenging moment. One of the things, you know, that we talked about a lot with Arrow, I think it was season two with Arrow. You see Laurel Lance, who was dealing with an alcoholic problem big time. And everybody was so frustrated with it because she just could not overcome it. And I'm like, that's real life, people. Like every person that I know that has ever dealt with any alcoholic tendencies or, uh, you know, addiction or whatever you don't just get over that. That takes a lot of work and a lot of time and you got to see her overcome it. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And it was such a, just a cool moment in that show where you see her finally rise to become the black canary. I'm okay with that too. But if you're already a superhero, stop whining. Boom. My biggest thing coming from all this is that each of us deals with adversity and disadvantage and hurt and pain and suffering, et cetera. I want this show to be an inspiration for each of us to overcome all of that. And if we can help each other out, let's do it. That's why I have a Slack group going. That's why we have the Facebook group. If you're dealing with something, let us know. Let's overcome this together and let's inspire each other and let's be, let's unleash our superheroes. We got this. We're not going to, we're not going to be judgy. You know that. Definitely not. We're just not that type. Not at all. Very, very true, man. I've said it once and I'm going to say it again. The only good show is the real Brian show. That's right, wait, Brian. I didn't. Did I? Is it? Wait, that was that was a Starship Troopers line. The only good bug is a dead bug. Yeah. Oh, uh, but I said the only good show is the real Brian show. So for those of you with podcasts, better learn that. No, no, that's terrible. Oh, you guys have awesome shows, too. So it's not a true statement, but I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that's it. Well, hopefully you enjoyed the sci fi November focused episode. It was a lot of fun. 
we did throw some other stuff in there because even if you're not a sci-fi fan, you can have Klingon Rock Gino, like I explained here, because this is a dang good coffee drink. Or a Kerblamok, if you feel so inclined. Absolutely. Or go watch some some college volleyball. Really, really exciting. Lots of fun. I mean, I'm trying to come up with ideas for things to go out and do. It's so much. I mean, there's some great music. There's all kinds of good things. Oh, and there's even great movies coming out in November that I'm super duper excited about. Going to go see them, and then we'll do some reviews on them, like Fantastic Beasts. And? Well, I'm interested in seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. Definitely Mm, the new Nutcracker. No desire to see the Grinch. Looks terrible. I'm sorry. Not my kind of Grinch. <laughs> You're remaking the Grinch again. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Jim Carrey one was fun, but truthfully yeah, to me, Burl lives, man, that is the original Grinch. It was yeah. amazing. It was phenomenal. This one is like a pansy comparatively. So no, yeah. thanks. Of course, fantastic beasts. We will definitely mm-hmm. Ralph breaks yep, yep. the internet. You know, that's a uh, wreck it. Ralph part two. The new Robin hood looks interesting but i'm not sure where to go with that there's creed 2 i haven't seen creed 1 yet those are just a few that i'm looking into going and seeing i'm going to do a little bit more research before i see them but here you go man you got a full month ahead of you man Dagum. plus basketball twitch gaming all those sci-fi volleyball. movies and tv shows volleyball is almost over sadly a couple games left actually but yeah there's season season's ending and basketball's picking up so uh, oh my gosh dude what well, i don't when are we gonna sleep there's no time. I'll find time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sleep is so important. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about sleep soon because I've been doing some research on sleep and essential oils and other things. And yeah, maybe next week. That could be fun. Bring it. Oh, next week. Bring it. I love it. You know what the music means? I do. That's right. Thank you for joining us. What a fun time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Always appreciate you listening to the show. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. Please go to realbryanshow.com. There's some great communications there. Join the Slack group. Join the Facebook group. Captain Influence, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Have a glorious week. And The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.